0: Hey, you're listening to the RFWP podcast with your hosts, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith,
1: encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode.
0: Hello, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the RFWP.
1: Welcome. Hi, Emily. Hi, Lois.
0: Let's jump in. Are you ready?
1: We're going to jump straight in. Right in. I want to hear the quote of the week. The quote of the week. Oh, you know, your quote of the week last week was so good um, that I just, I was so inspired by that. So I I wanted to make sure that since it was my turn, that it was very inspiring. Okay. My quote of the week is I'm with stupider. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty. I'm with stupider. She's right across the screen from me.
0: (laughs) And I'm with stupider.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to all the other stupiders out there because I know there are a lot of you. And let me give a shout out to the RFP network of stupider podcasters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so give us some background on this. What's what's up with stupider?
1: Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I have to tell you guys that Emily and I use proper English and we know that there's no such word as stupider. So please don't slide up in our DMs and correct us grammatically. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a little background. In the last couple of weeks, a sermon clip was posted from a pastor in Tennessee that talked about recovering fundamentalists and he was talking about hiding your identity with facial hair and all these things and he went on to say you know that's just stupid and then he went on to say I don't know if it's a word but it's just the more they do it the the stupider they get they're just stupider and so somebody (laughs) jumped up on that like proudly said I'm with stupider that's awesome yeah yeah, and I wish I could remember the name of the person who started the I'm with Stupider hashtag um, because I would totally give them a shout out. You know who you are, and we are with you, Stupider.
0: Yeah, I don't know who it was either. Okay, so I want to give a shout out to IFB Sasquatch because I appreciate the percentage that we were given.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: We have 328% more Bible in our episodes than than any M.O.G. sermon.
1: (laughs) I think that's when he was calling out um, Clarence Sexton with the I'm with Stupider. Yep. So that's my quote of the week. I'm with Stupider. You're welcome. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Wow. So, Emily, I want to ask you, what is your happy for this week? Because we already both know what made us frustrated and mad. We're going to talk about that, but what was your happy? My
0: happy was getting to go to church Sunday. I got to worship with other people and I just cried my eyes out and raised my hands and did it all that you know we weren't allowed to do in a in, uh, strict church. And it was just incredible. That's what made me happy this week.
1: I love seeing the smile on your face about that because I know your journey and I know that it's been a long eight months. Yeah. And so that's, that makes me happy Mm -hmm. that you guys were able to do that. That's awesome.
0: So what's your happy?
1: So my happy this week, um, was that my husband and i traveled to texas to see his stepdad that raised him and honestly my happy was the fact that we got to spend time with him we were expecting kind of the worst case scenario because it was a throw our stuff in a bag we we need to get there and we just had several days of just precious time with him just live on him and care for him and um you put up pictures in his room and put up some colorful curtains he's in a nursing home um and it was just really good so that honestly was my happy this week just to for bobby and i get to spend time with his dad and i call him dad too because i've known him since i was 12.
0: mm-hmm Right. Before we jump into the what made us frustrated um, (laughs) for our topic this week, I just want to give a shout out to the person who won our giveaway this week.
1: Yes.
0: So fun. So we have let them know personally. But that was the scripture flips and the copy of Real Christianity and some other goodies that we threw in there.
1: So the scripture flips, I think, are one of the coolest things. I know I said last week's episode, you know, because I know a lot of people used three by five cards and punched a hole in the corner. And that's a great way. But what she has done with scripture flips is just beautiful and such a neat idea and um and we got boxes this week
0: she was so sweet to send us <laughs> goodies it
1: was awesome
0: so if you didn't win the giveaway and you want to check out scripture flips for yourself we have a special code for you or kendra does at scripture flips has a special code for you if you click on the link in the show notes and in our bio on our social media accounts, you can get 20% off. Ooh. And you know what I'm thinking? Mother's Day is coming up, and this would be a beautiful gift to give to your mom, your mom friends, your grandma. I think it'd be a, yes. such a sweet gift.
1: That's a really good idea. I think Kendra's done a, a great job. I can't wait to really get into mine. Hmm. So my dear redheaded friend, what's... <laughs> made you frustrated. Well, I shouldn't just use the word frustrated because I think that um, downplays true feelings about this subject. So take it away.
0: So today we want to talk about standards and preferences, whatever you might call them. (laughs) Here we go. Specifically, I want to talk about how standards are talked about in the circles that most of us come from. They are portrayed as these extra fences to keep us safe in our walk with the Lord and to keep us from doing wrong. And that sounds good, right? Mm -hmm. But... It can actually be dangerous when we're putting up these fences and saying, Nope, God says this is the law. So we're going to put up this other secondary fence to keep us from breaking God's law. We are putting stuff on people that it was a burden that is a burden that they weren't meant to bear. Hmm. Because this is what it all boils down to. We don't need a bunch of extra fences. That we have to focus on when we are focused on our relationship with God. A friend of mine said it this way we don't spend any time at the edge of our boundaries looking over and saying, Oh, I wish I could, or Oh, maybe I could get away with. We don't spend any time at that edge of the line if mm-hmm. we're pressing into the relationship. And religion, the rules, try to keep us safe, but they can never do what the relationship can only do. When we're pressing into Jesus and knowing him and letting him transform our lives from the inside out, we don't have to put up these external rules to guide us towards the relationship. The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ because it it teaches us that we can't keep the law. But the law, once we fall in love with grace, it doesn't like, oh, now I'm going to run back to the law and the law is going to keep me safe. No, the law is has never been capable of doing that for us.
1: Right. So I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. What would you say then if these are standards guidelines set to keep us from stepping into sin or stepping into other things, um, and we call them extra-biblical standards or man-made standards, what would you say to someone who says all standards are man-made? So why are we basically being accused of man-made standard? For example, the military has standards and uniforms. Uh, When you go to a job, they have standards. You might even have a standard of dress at your job. And when we talk about standards, we are not focusing on clothing right now. We're talking about all kinds of standards. So, you know, those are are man-made standards. Why is that any different than what we are, quote-unquote, trying to do in the church?
0: I think we can try our best to distinguish between our standard and the doctrine. Um, but when it comes from the pulpit, people can't tell the difference. Like you are pre you are supposed to be preaching God's word. And when you take any time to preach your own standard, you are wasting God's people's time. And Listening to people's stories and how they've been damaged by extra-biblical rules, I'm just going to call it what it is, and it's spiritual abuse.
1: To me, here's the difference between the man-made standards for a job or the military or standards that we, you know, give in certain areas. The difference is when standards from the church are preached as having to keep them to stay in favor with God, that isn't biblical. Mm -hmm. So when you tie a standard to doctrine as though it is the doctrine, that's not correct. And I will say that there are those that say, I'm not saying that this standard is a doctrine, but then you have others that preach their standards as though it is doctrine. So Tom Gibson wrote a book. And one of the things that he talks about in this book, which I've only had portions of it, but I I heard an interview, he talks about directional standards. And what he means by directional standards is I'm putting standards in place because this is the direction I want my church to go. And he takes the standard and he even says every standard has to be connected back to a doctrine or it's just a random rule. (laughs) So the doctrines are in place and then what he suggests is adding rules and standards to help keep us. Like you were talking about fences at the, at the beginning, but nowhere in there do we talk about the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy spirit lives inside of each and every one of us. And is there to comfort and to convict. So each one of us individually, and yes, we, we listen to God's word from A preacher from our pastor, but we are to dig into the word for ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us, because some of those things I may not be affected by, something that you may be affected by, and it's not an excuse to just go do whatever we want to. But when you start talking about directional standards and setting up these extra guidelines and tying it to doctrine and saying, I'm keeping this standard so that I don't step away from this doctrine, you had better know what the true doctrine of scripture is. And I have a feeling that some of that gets connected because something that's mentioned in scripture is not necessarily a doctrine. Does that make sense?
0: So when we're talking about doctrine, I think we need to be careful with taking a verse and going, this is doctrine. When the st- the Bible is telling a story, an overarching narrative, and you can see things that God has in place that are the same from beginning to end and those are those truths that are the same in there are the doctrine the statements individual verses you can't pull those out and say see this i have a verse for it so obviously it's scriptural when those verses have been taken out of context and applied as a standard or a, a doctrine when it's not at all what god was intending like you can You can run all kinds of examples where somebody can have a verse to back them up, but that does not necessarily mean that's what God intended because you're not looking at the whole big picture. Context. Right. Context.
1: Context, context,
0: context. context. (laughs) JC says context is king. Have you ever heard a text without the context is just a con? Ooh. I can't remember who said that, but it's really good.
1: Yeah, my one of my nieces has a T-shirt that says, I can do all things through a scripture verse taken out of context.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And this something you said earlier about the standards not making me more sanctified or they trying to stay away from a layer of legalism in trying to earn God's acceptance and God's, um, I don't know, earn holiness. Mm. But when you put a standard in place and say, this makes me more holy, you are doing the work of the Holy Spirit. Because we can't be holy on our own. Our rules can, can keep us from faltering, sure, but you can't make yourself holy and only the Holy Spirit can do that. And I do a crummy job of playing the Holy Spirit's role in anybody else's life. Like seriously, even trying to, oh, trying to convict my kids of something or uh my husband, I, I can back off and trust the Holy Spirit to do the work and do it way better than I could. And it's actually the same in our own life. We need to... Back off of these, I'm just going to do this to stay safe. When we can know this is where God's line is
1: Mm -hmm.
0: without adding a new line
1: and a new line. It's kind of like, I look at it this way. It's kind of like hitting the snooze button. You know, you have to wake up at a certain time. And if you're like me, you set the time for your alarm 15 or 20 minutes earlier than that. So that when it goes off, you can hit the snooze button and then you get a little bit closer to the alarm and you hit the snooze button again, you get a little closer to the alarm and you hit the snooze button again. And then, you know, by say seven o'clock, you got to get up and get going. Mm. How is that any different than setting up standards, quote unquote standards, to keep us from, um, not to keep us from, but to keep us true to a doctrine. Like you said earlier, these these fences, and in all actuality, it can thwart our spiritual growth.
0: So thinking through, can standards be damaging? Because really, on the first look, it seems benign to have a standard to keep you from breaking God's rule. Like wow, that's kind of commendable. You're going the extra mile. Like props.
1: Right. Keeps me out of trouble. Just like um, a childproof lock keeps my, well, none of mine are little, keeps my kid out of the cabinet. Right. You know, that sounds very reasonable.
0: But what I found in meditating on this Thinking through my own life and then asking people for examples, said these extra standards, when they are not the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. I just I want to be very clear about that because we all do have preferences and standards and convictions.
1: Sure.
0: Um, we just have to be careful not to follow like fast track spirituality and slap up all these rules because we think all the cool kids are doing it. Um,
1: (laughs) actually I didn't think any of the cool kids were doing (laughs) 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 actually I had a set of standards quote unquote standards when I was um, in youth group and a set of standards when I was in my Christian school and then a set of standards when I was at work because (laughs) you know well you know I don't even, you know, the environment I grew up in. So whatever. Right. So. So this week you read some stories and I, there were. Obviously there are so many more to read and we can't mention them all tonight or we'd be here for hours. And that breaks my heart, but share, what do you think about
0: Yeah, seeing people's stories was so moving to me. And I just want to say, y'all are strong. And if I can, I want to read another person's comment on that post. And he said, thank y'all for sharing. These stories were heartbreaking. And I just want to take a sec to celebrate the heck out of every one of you for the strength you are showing to take back your story. Because
1: these stories
0: break my heart and they they were moving me to tears reading through them today. I know you guys share these stories and they're a part of who you are already. I just want to call it out if you have forgotten that you are crazy strong. And amazing and inspiring to me.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know a lot of, and I haven't, I haven't finished reading through everybody's stories. And I hope that more will share with us. But it's okay, Emily, for you to be emotional about this and to get teary about this Um, because you haven't been out that long from, Mm. from the IFB and you guys have kind of been on the fast track of embracing grace (laughs) because you're, you're a reader and, um, and so many other things. So it's okay for that to break your heart because I think sometimes we like to jump to the fix and we'd like to jump mm. to, um, everything's okay. Like the Lego movie, everything is awesome. You know, <laughs> everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so ADHD. But
0: I think you just made a really good point. Yeah, we Us uh, as a filter. culture don't do lament, do we?
1: Right. No. And we talked about that in a a little bit in last week's episode that, you know, and last week's episode was really heavy because it was Holy Week and we were talking about grief and we don't like to stay in a point of grief. And I'm not saying that we have to sit there forever, but that's probably a whole, a whole other narrative that needs to be untwisted, which I'm sure I just didn't say that grammatically correct, (laughs) but the narrative of, um, well, you're just having self-pity because you're trying to get attention. (laughs) No, sometimes people just need to sit in their grief and lament. I mean, that's why we have the entire book of lamentations, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, because it's real life. It's real life. So,
0: yeah. So I'd love to get into some of the specific examples. I was listening to a podcast interview with Sheila Regrewar and Rachel Welcher, which was amazing to have both of those people on. Um, Sheila's most recent book that she co-authored is The Great Sex Rescue. And then Rachel Welcher's book is Talking Back to Purity Culture.
1: Both of those are on my list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having those two ladies talking together was amazing. But something clicked with me when Rachel was talking about purity culture and the way that we teach sex to teenagers.
1: Wait, wait, we teach sex to teenagers? The
0: way we don't teach sex to teenagers, sorry.
1: Pardon me. So
0: we instead of being honest with them about what's going on in their body, the changes and what they can do to safeguard themselves from making
1: poor choices
0: right making poor choices we've instead not told them about sex we've taught them that they can't touch anyone of the opposite sex we've made this divide between boys and girls to try to keep them safe and like i said it on the on the front end it's like okay well, that's good. We'll keep them safe. But what we didn't realize, and I, I know that purity culture can be blamed for the way that women are treated and a lot of issues. But if we look at this as maybe it wasn't originally,
1: I think the original, yeah, I think the original yeah. intent. Yeah. Because I'm, I was, you know, my husband and I were in youth ministry for years and the original intent was to strengthen kids relationship with the lord and to be able to save themselves for marriage and to not have the guilt and the shame of multiple partners before marriage and so that in itself is an is a honest intention but then as you know, it kind of went haywire.
0: So the point is we would have been we would do ourselves better and do any young people in our lives a service by teaching them what God says about marriage instead of teaching them if you wait till marriage, everything will be amazing. Because that's a lie. It's not
1: true. I, I've heard that from from girls that really struggled. After marriage, because they assumed, and I let me just put this out there I do believe that sex before marriage is outside of God's design, right? Okay, so that doesn't negate that Mm -hmm. belief that I believe is rooted in scripture. But, like you said, what we did with this standard is we made it sound like if you do everything right, whether it's not dating, courtship only, don't kiss until the wedding day, all of these things, then after you get married, bada boom, bada bing, everything's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, are you going to cut that? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me
0: to? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, another, um, Another quick example would be dress standards. We say if if we teach modesty this way, to where we don't ever accidentally cross this, not to mention what the word modesty actually means in context in the Bible, but in our in this conversation, modesty as far as how much clothes you have on. We mm-hmm. think telling a woman to wear this much clothing Is like safe for everyone, but what it's actually done is created shame for women and it has also created a culture that objectifies women. Let's see. Another one I heard was pressure to not settle. And I think this was talking about not settle for a specific kind of husband. Do you remember the list? Did you have a list? Sure.
1: I even had my daughters make a list.
0: Right. Which (laughs) isn't terrible, but when we're presented with someone that maybe God is bringing to our lives, Mm -hmm. we need to be able to break past our previously conceived
1: ideas. Right. So the settling thing, um, if I read that comment correctly, um, a part of that was don't just settle for somebody who's just gonna have a quote unquote regular job. Don't settle for that. you need to wait for the guy who's given a hundred percent to God and he's gonna be in full-time ministry and I and I married a guy who went into full-time ministry. so that's not a that's not a knock but as a daughter, whose dad um, prayed at family devotions from the time that I can remember until the time probably that I was getting ready to get married and leave the house, prayed for his daughters to marry preachers. And so I remember sitting in the living room with my dad one night when he got back from an evangelistic meeting And sharing with him about my relationship with Bobby, my current husband, not my current husband, as opposed to there's been one before, but the same guy I'm married to. (laughs) I was talking to him and I just said, so dad, you know, um, how would you feel if I married somebody that wanted to go into business instead of into the ministry? And I remember my sweet daddy looking at me and saying, now, Lois, you're just trying to get me to agree to you dating and marrying Bobby. Um, when, you know, I, I, I want you to marry somebody in the ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't 16 or 17 in this conversation. I was 22. Wow.
0: So this actually leads right into another comment that we had about secular and sacred things.
1: Mm, wow. So
0: someone was feeling like they couldn't, they were feeling guilty before when they were younger for listening to secular quote unquote, secular music or watching a movie until they realized how much it actually touched their soul. And it just connected them to like a human experience, Mm. how it all can be spiritual. And that distinction between like, is this going to be somebody who is in ministry or are we going to listen to this kind of music or that? creates a divide and keeps us from enjoying all of the things that God has created us to enjoy. We don't have to be ashamed for the things that we enjoy. And I think there's been a lot of guilt placed on us if we enjoy anything that doesn't have to be, isn't directly tied to worship or who God is. I remember even feeling guilty for a season about listening to classical music.
1: Hmm. Cause that, That'll send you straight to hell right there.
0: Well, it's not technically worship or
1: something, was my reasoning. So I do remember feeling the divide. So that comment I completely identify with, um, a divide between the sacred and the secular. And that is not what God intended when he created the world. Of course, we do completely understand Perfect creation, all truth is God's truth, everything was created perfectly. We do understand creation, fall, redemption, restoration. So it's not to say that there are things that are inappropriate. We know that. There have been for thousands of years. Sometimes it's just in a different medium than it was in in Bible times. we're going to term it that way. But there is beauty in so many things, musically, artistically, um, in nature. All of these things, there's such beauty. And it gets squelched because it doesn't fit a specific narrative.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So the point, I think, of all of this is press into your relationship with God and be guided by the Holy Spirit. Then you won't have to worry about so-and-so has a different standard than you, and we won't have to look at so-and-so and and think, well, why do they have that standard? And look down on them for being, quote-unquote, more conservative When we stay in our own lane, guided by the Holy Spirit, we will experience freedom in Christ that all of these rules end up bogging us down with shame and guilt and manipulating us to obey certain rules when if we're just focused on our relationship, He will guide us and keep us from straying and crossing those lines.
1: The Holy Spirit resides in each and every one of us. And I know that I probably say that every episode, Hmm. but repetition is important. And I think that we, we know that in our heads, but there are so many that have been for lack of a better term, programmed, thwarted about these extra standards that it's worth repeating that the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work of sanctification. The Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is the one who lives inside of us and helps us to grow and change. It's not the other way around.
0: Can we talk just for a minute Practically, what does it look like um, to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice? Because this is something that's been so squelched mm-hmm. in our lives and in our spirituality. Um, I think a lot of us are nervous to cross over into this charismatic realm by acknowledging the Holy Spirit's voice in
1: our life. Let me tell that narrative. Because a lot of our lives, we were taught that you, I don't know if you heard this narrative, but I heard this narrative. If you continue to sin and you continue to say in your sin, you'll quench the Holy Spirit. He will stop talking to you. Mm. Yes. Well, I I would venture to say with that type of preaching, you've never taught me how to rest in who God the Holy Spirit is. And hear him in the first place. Then you have the narrative. Where you can't. You, what do you hear from God? Are you talking about new revelation? And then you get into the whole Theobro thing. That I'm not going there. But I guess I just kind of did. <laughs> so my recommendation would be. To be still. Your father. Gives. Good gifts. He gave us God the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to convict us, to urge us not to sit there and beat us over the head with everything that we've done wrong. So when we sit alone with God and read his love letter, when we sit still and we specifically ask him lord i need to hear from you just from you mm. i yes. i need these other narratives healed out of my head out of my heart because i know i'm your child i know that i believe in you i know that you love me even if you quote unquote, don't know those things right now, speak them because he hears us. He's listening. I I heard this past week, somebody, they spent years doubting their salvation because of this same type of narrative that they didn't keep up all the standards when they compared their lives to whoever was doing A through Z and they weren't, they completely doubted their salvation. Be still. Hmm. I'm not trying to take this verse out of context, but be still and know that I am God. Rest in that. Rest in the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. In Romans, we even have the verse, if we do not know how we ought to pray. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit towards the rest of this. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit takes the moanings, the groanings of our heart and interprets them to the father. How cool is that? So that would be, that's where I started. That's where I started. Just be still, get all the other voices out of your head and just hear from your father who's who's the strongest voice above the noise if we'll allow him to be.
0: I love that you went to God will not stop speaking to you. It's so important that we unpack that and pitch it because God wants to speak to you and he will not stop pursuing you. That is, it is in his nature to continue pursuing you and loving you no matter
1: what. Yeah. And so I'm going to take a statement that Tom Gibson made in the in one of the interviews that I listened to as we prepared for the standard conversation. And I said it earlier. Two things. One, he said every standard has to be connected back to a doctrine or it's just a random rule. So believer, man, woman, teenager, grandparent, when you are sitting alone with the Lord and you are reading his word and you are resting in that and he reveals to you something, then there's your out because the people themselves that have kept this IFB holier than thou aspect saying, The standard has to be connected back to a doctrine or it's just a random rule. The Holy Spirit reveals to you that that's not a doctrinal statement, then it's a random rule and you need to brush it off. You need to let it go. Another thing that I'm going to change the narrative. He said, relaxing standards produces something different. Now we're talking about all kinds of standards, and he was talking about when you relax your standards. That's when he was talking about the tie and not wearing a tie or dressing up or this or that. Um, but I, I'm going to redeem that statement. Resting in the Father produces something different, mm. and I, for one, want the different.
0: Yes. Yes because the fruit of the spirit is better than any of my rules or my being good can produce. I've tried it and, yeah. and I can, I can attest to it.
1: So, yes, we, we, if I had met you, what, five, six years ago, I would have hashtagged your thing that you've called yourself. What were you, what did you call yourself? You were the, the good little legalist. Yeah. The good little legalist. No more, girlfriend. (laughs) No. I am free, free.
0: Uh, So can we wrap this up with a teaser for our our new segment that we're going to launch very soon?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that.
0: So we are going to have open mic reactions. Awesome. The RFWP.
1: It's going to be the open
0: mic minute. It's going to be awesome. So Justin is building us the webpage. Shout out to Justin Knight for doing the legwork on this so that we can give you a topic and then you guys can head over to that page and drop us um, your take and then we can put it on the episode.
1: Yeah. So, but you only have about 30 to 60 seconds to do that. So I guess it's going to be a hot take, but I am super excited about the open mic minute on the RFWP. It's going to be awesome. So much fun. Do you have an idea yet of what our first open mic minute statement or question is going to be? I've got some rolling around in my head, but I'm not announcing it this week. No way. (laughs) I think it should be popped out on social media this week. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And we're going to give you a deadline too, because we got to make sure that it gets in the episode.
0: That's right. If you want your take to be featured,
1: get <laughs> it into us. Maybe we're just going to have to choose like the, the top five takes. Mm-hmm. So don't be offended if we don't pick yours that week, because we're going to do this every week. So there is going to be plenty of time to give your hot take. Awesome. Awesome sauce.
0: Thank you so much for being here, friends, and for hanging out with us.
1: Yeah. And just so you know, I'm with Stupider.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As always, you can reach out to Lois and myself at hello at sisterseeker.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to us if you would consider supporting the RFWP on patreon you can go to patreon.com forward slash sister seeker and we have a few different tier options for supporting the show another way that you can support the show is by leaving us a review this helps us get this message and this cause into the ears of more women just like you thanks for being here friend